Hello world, welcome to episode 10 of my one-person podcast, The Bible Abridged. Today's episode is once again brought to you by Dai Tin Barbershop. Located in Bushwick, Brooklyn, Dai Tin gives the best haircuts around. And I should know, I mean you can't see me, but I promise that my hair looks sexy. And it's all thanks to Dai Tin Barbershop. That's D-A-I-T-I-N. So anyways, when we left off, we had just learned the origin of Israel, as well as getting a bunch of info on what happened to Israel's hairy brother and all of his offspring. Now we go back to Jacob and his clan. Genesis 37. After all that wandering Jacob had done with his gigantic family, he decided to settle down in Canaan where he'd grown up. One of Jacob's twelve fucking sons was named Joseph, and he was always snitching on his brothers and their wives to his dad. It doesn't say what they were doing, but it does mention, however, that Joseph was Jacob's favorite child, and he was so open about it that we're hearing about it now, thousands of years later. In fact, Jacob loved Joseph so much that he gave him an ornate robe. I didn't know what ornate meant, so I googled it, and it's apparently the robe that Geralt of Rivia wears with Triss on their date in The Witcher 3 The Wild Hunt. So Jacob gave Joseph one of Geralt of Rivia's robes, and this pissed all of his other eleven brothers off royally. If you remember last episode, where two of his brothers slaughtered and enslaved an entire city, it seems like you didn't want all fucking eleven of them on your bad side. Well, Joseph, either feeling invincible or just having no idea what was going on around him, made his situation so much worse by bragging to his brothers that he had a dream that he had harvested more wheat than any of them, and they were bowing down to him. All eleven of his brothers were like, What, you think you're fucking better than me? And just hated him all the more. Well, then Joseph, again, either stupid or cocky, or both, went up to all eleven of his brothers, as well as his parents, and said, You guys, he won't believe it. I had another dream, where the fucking sun and the moon and eleven stars were all bowing down to me. Probably a metaphor for all of you. Well, this pissed everybody off. And as much as I hate when people tell me about their dreams, I don't think I've ever thought to do something like this. When Jacob was out trying to find his brothers and their sheeps, ten of them decided to jump him and beat him to death and throw him in a cistern. Luckily for Joseph, Reuben, the oldest one, and the one that fucked his father's sex slave, convinced them just to beat him up a little bit, tear his fancy robe, then hog tie him, and then throw him in the cistern. He was truly a hero among men. So while all of his brothers, except Reuben, were eating dinner, and Joseph was hog-tied in a cistern, they saw a bunch of Arabs coming and decided, hey, why should we let our brother die hog-tied in a cistern? That's fucked up. He's our brother. Our own flesh and blood. We should, instead, go grab him and sell him into slavery to these Arabs. So they went and fished his ass out and sold him to the caravan of Arabs. When Reuben came back to the cistern to rescue Joseph, he wasn't there. So he went to his brothers and said, All right, we're all in this together now. Let's soak his robe in blood so Dad thinks he got mauled by a wild animal. His brothers apparently didn't tell him what happened and just went along with this. So when they showed the robe to Jacob, they said, Hey, we found this. I'm not sure. Do you think it's Joseph's? As if they wouldn't recognize the only fancy robe in the whole goddamn region. One so fancy that I fucking know about it here in New York several millennia later. Well, Jacob completely lost it. Oh shit, that's Joseph's robe. 
I bet some fucking ferocious animal killed him. He cried and cried, and when his other twelve children tried to comfort him, he just told them to fuck off. No, I will mourn Joseph until I die. I will never emotionally recover from this. Then he tore off all of his clothes and decided to wear a burlap sack for, and I quote, many days. Meanwhile, Joseph was being passed around and eventually ended up as a slave to this guy named Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard of the Pharaoh. Genesis 38. Now the story of years away from Joseph for a while and goes to Judah. Judah was Jacob's fourth-born son. Judah wandered off and met a Canaanite man named Shua, married his apparently unnamed daughter and fucked her diligently. Then he had a son named Ur, which sounds like he was still thinking about the name when someone asked him. Well, Judah kept fucking his unnamed wife and coming inside of her, and she had a couple more kids, Onan and Shelah. Well, Judah found a wife for Ur, whose name was Tamar, but God decided just to straight up come down and murder Ur because he pissed him off. Because once his firstborn son died, Judah said to Onan, secondborn, go and fuck your sister-in-law and come inside of her. That is your duty as her brother-in-law. While he was fucking her, Onan decided to pull out. And this pissed God off so much that he came right back down and murdered Onan as well. Since Sheila was still too young to fuck properly, Judah sent Tamar back to her father until Sheila could. I'm really happy that they included the story in the Bible. <laughs> At some point, Judah's unnamed wife died. He decided to go wander off to a place called Timya. Tamar heard about this and took off her widow's robes that were apparently a standard that women whose husbands had been murdered by God wore, put on a veil, and went off to the road to meet up with him, to confront him with the fact that even though Sheila had finally come of age to fuck her right, she wasn't married to him. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a hooker. So he did what you're probably guessing and offered her a goat in exchange for fucking. She said yes, but decided to take his belt and staff as collateral. Well, Judah came inside of her and knocked her up. He tried to do the right thing and send a goat up her way afterwards, but nobody knew about the mysterious hooker of that region. Well, after a while, people figured out that Tamar was whoring, and Judah decided to lead the charge to set her on fire. He had a whole crew all ready, and they were going to kill her. She just showed the crowd Judah's belt and staff, and he suddenly changed his mind. So Judah was like, it's my fault. I should have given her Sheila once he was of dick-hardening age. And he heroically didn't fuck her again. When Tamar gave birth, one of the babies stuck his arm out of her pussy, and they tied a string around it. Then he pulled his arm back in, and a different baby came out. The first baby with the string around his arm came out second. You can tell the story isn't true if you have a basic understanding of how birth works. Genesis 39. Now we go back to Joseph, who was literally slaving away for Potiphar. Potiphar could apparently see that Joseph had God on his side and made him the top slave. Potiphar grew to trust Joseph so much that he gave him full control of everything he had and, quote, the only worry he had was the food he ate. Well, Potiphar's wife all of a sudden noticed that Joseph was super sexy. and She said, hey, come fuck me. Joseph said, No, I'm entrusted to this house and all that Potiphar owns, which includes you, apparently. Therefore, I can't fuck you. Well, she didn't give up easily and kept following him around the house trying to fuck him, and finally he decided just to run away. 
I think in all honesty, it's always morally okay to fuck your slave master's wife, by the way. No matter how nice he is to you, he's still your slave master. Anyways, when Joseph ran away, he left his robe behind. So I'm assuming he was just running around in the streets of Egypt, butt-ass naked. Well, Potiphar's wife took a chapter from the book of the imagination of men's rights activists and started screaming rape. When Potiphar's servants, who were apparently busy during the whole rest of the charade, heard, they rushed up to help her. She said, and I quote, This fucking Hebrew has been brought down here to make sport of us. He just tried to rape me, but luckily I screamed. And he left his robe behind. Actually, come to think of it, how did she manage to get his robe off of him against his will? Story seems a bit fishy to me. Anyways, when Potiphar came home, she told him the same thing, and he was livid. He decided to throw Joseph in prison. But he also still kind of liked Joseph, even though he tried to rape his wife. So he put him in the nice prison. And Joseph, being quite the charmer, charmed the hell out of the warden. The warden gave Joseph full control of the prison and just plain stopped caring about what happened down there. Which makes him a pretty fucking shitty warden. So that's the beginning of the saga of Joseph. Come back next week for the continuation of the saga of Joseph.